Welcome to a Sunny Side Up Life podcast, a show for the woman who is ready to live an abundant life full of freedom and positivity. I'm Sammy Womack, and I'm on a mission to help you break free from survival mode, gain financial freedom, stay motivated, and focus on what matters most. Join the movement, and let's start living on the brighter side of life together. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to have my good friend Deidre on the podcast for her second time. Deidre is the content creator behind the YouTube channel Slay This Debt, where she has over 22,000 subscribers, and she shares frugal living tips, ways to save money, get out of debt, and she documents her family's journey towards financial freedom. When Deidre left her military career to become a stay-at-home mom, she left active duty. Her family was deep in debt, and they were struggling as a family of six to go from two incomes to one. And so she quickly turned that into frugal living, minimalism, working to increase their income, which has led to them becoming debt-free until they started investing in real estate. And she is gonna walk us through a little bit more of their real estate journey. Deidre was also on the podcast back on episode 36 that I'm gonna link to in the show notes if you're interested in learning more about the beginning stages of their journey. But today we are gonna really dig into their real estate journey and a little bit more of how she has grown into that journey and how she has overcome being a hardcore Dave Ramsey anti-debt person into purchasing real estate and having mortgages on those houses. So I am so excited to have her on the podcast and let's welcome Deidre. Hey everyone, I am here with another interview. Deidre is back. I convinced her to come back for a second interview and I am so excited to be talking to her again. So welcome and tell us what is going on in your life right now. Well, currently we are closing on our third property. So that's fun and I guess that's pretty much it. We've been investing um, in the stock market as well. So that's pretty exciting. And then of course I've been creating content for Slay the Set on YouTube. So that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. It has been, um, what did I say? Episode 36 was the first time you came on and now it's episode 99. So it's been a while since you've been on. Um, you and I have done several things together since then though, and I'm going to link to all of that. And, um, we've, we've had a lot of conversations since then. So it's been really fun getting to know you more, but you have been somewhat secretive about your rental properties. <laughs> I mean, you share that it, it exists, but like you don't go into a lot of detail. So I want to know more about all of this. So just like take us into the whole story. Cool. So we currently have one property that we co-own. Um, that one is located in the Poconos. Um, we also have a property in the Houston area about maybe 10 minutes away from Galveston Beach. And then we are closing on a property right now, which is outside of Fort Hood, Texas. It's a military installation. So it's about maybe 10 minutes from post and about maybe 10 minutes from the beautiful Stillhouse Lake. And then maybe 20 minutes from Belton Lake. We have been to Lake Belton. Um, 
like last summer, I think we went Yeah, really pretty over there. Yeah. So, um, okay. So you have three, that was one of my questions. <laughs> so are you willing to share a little bit more of the money details on like how much you spent on them and like all that kind of stuff? Sure. So first and foremost, I don't really share a lot about the real estate because I don't feel like I'm an expert and I don't want to like yeah. lead anyone astray. And then secondly, like we are a military family. So our investment strategy is going to look a lot different from other people's. Mm -hmm. So um, the way that we pretty much accumulate or acquire property, we live in it while we're stationed wherever we are, and then we turn it over to a renter. And so for us, we don't invest in low income properties. That's just like not our thing. We prefer like, um, properties that are well sought after or in a, an area that people want to live in, um, turnkey properties and good school areas or good school districts, um, places that we would be proud to live in and feel safe and just uh, proud to um, turn over to our children because ultimately that is our goal. I love that. And I've, I've heard a lot of people ask that question of, it's a lot of military families because y'all move so much. <laughs> and I've heard a lot of people ask that question, like, is it worth it to sell the property or rent it out? So where is that kind of dividing line? Cause obviously doing a rental property is not for everyone on every situation. So just in your personal opinion, like what, what would make you decide to sell it versus keeping it as a rental property? So all soldiers are given a basic allowance for housing and the amount they're given depends on like their rank and how long they've been in the military. So you can either live on post and they will take that money or you can actually purchase a property and then that money will be, you know, invested. So that's what we decided to do. Um, and it also depends on like the location as far as whether or not you should sell the property or hold on to it. Oftentimes you're only there for maybe three years. So once you do like the cost benefit analysis, you have to determine if it's worth it to sell it, considering you're going to have to pay like the closing and mm -hmm. for the agent and all that kind of stuff. So you just have to crunch the numbers. Plus yeah. you guys are in a good financial spot, you know, and a lot of people it's like, if you're buried in debt, might not <laughs> want to keep it. And then, you know, that's how we were. Like we tried to keep our old house as a rental property and we did for a, like a year or two. And we were just so far in debt that it didn't make sense. Like we, we just needed to sell it. We should have sold it in the first place. So like you said about crunching the numbers, we definitely did not crunch the numbers. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit more about the specific, um, numbers, whatever you're comfortable with sharing, like for each house and all that stuff. So our first property, uh, we purchased that one, the one in the Poconos, we purchased that one for 190 and it was basically just, it was inherited and the family members were just trying to get rid of it. That one is worth about 300,000 right now. Um, but we really don't equate that into our um, net worth. The first one we use just a conventional loan, 20% down, it's on a 20 year fixed. Um, the second property, we actually used a VA loan. We didn't put anything down because with the VA loan, you don't have to pay PMI. So, I mean, we just went on and financed the entire thing. That one we purchased for about 240 and that one's currently worth about 280 now. So, and we've only had it for three years. That one brings in $2,000 a month for the rent. And that was our bigger 
property. It's about 2,800 square feet. And with that property, there were so many things that we did wrong that we really wanted to make sure that we did the next one the right way. So this property, we use the VA loan again because I was um, also in the military, so I had my own VA loan. And then, of course, my husband is still active duty. So we purchased that one. Um, that house is, uh, the purchase price is 185 and the appraisal just came back on that one, and it's actually appraised about $12,000 under what it's really worth. So we really lucked up with that property because it's been so hard getting a property in this area. I mean, we put down like four offers, and every offer, people were like outbidding us over like thousands of dollars, like $5,000, $6,000. So for us to purchase this property, if I were to tell y'all how I actually ended up getting this property, y'all would not even believe it. <laughs> Which I think I probably should tell y'all. Yes, that's, I'm like, yeah, you see, now you have to tell us. <laughs> oh my goodness. So with this particular property, um, we have, now at this point, I was like, okay, I'm done looking at properties because I would get so like emotionally attached mm -hmm. to a property and then get outbidded for it. So with this property, I was like, okay, I know it's going to be a bit more. What I did was I actually put an offer in on the property before I even saw it, and I opted for the option period, which was about $100. So if I purchased that property, or if I went to see the property and I didn't like it or something was wrong with it, I would basically be out $100. So I was like, you know what, I put my offer in, and then I was also expecting for it to be a bit more because all of the houses in this area have been just insanely overpriced, and there have been like bidding wars. So um, I did that, and... I put in the offer at like five and at 10 o'clock at night, my realtor was like, they accepted the offer. I'm like, what? Like I was like, crazy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I couldn't even believe it. I was like, for real? Like, so we went to go see the house and it was like beyond anything that I could ever, it was way below price. It was way better than I thought it was. Whoever like sold that house, the realtor, like she did not do that house justice. Like the floors were beautiful. There was a view, um, irrigation, doggy door, like so many amazing things about this property. So yeah, so that's how I ended up getting the house. I put an offer in on it before I even saw it, got that offer approved and here we are. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, it kind of feels like it was meant to be if it was that easy. That's kind of how, like what we always judge it by. Like if it ends up being difficult, it probably wasn't meant to be in the first place and just let it go. That wasn't our property. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So where are you guys now? Do you guys own the home that you're in right now? Right now we are stationed on Fort Hood. We are actually living on post. Okay. So we just decided to move on post just to kind of get more familiar with the area and all mm -hmm. that stuff. So our lease is up in about a month and then we're just going to easily transition to the new house. So currently, well, the house is owned by soldiers, and because of everything going on with COVID-19, there's been like a stop movement for soldiers, so they will not be able to move until August mm -hmm. the 1st. So because we were so flexible with us moving out and all that kind of stuff, I think that's another reason why they approved our offer, because we were willing to work with them on the move. That's awesome. So you guys, after well, you're going to move into the new house, live the rest of the time out in Fort Hood there, and then probably rent it afterward right. right so i guess you could say that we're renting right now right and so our bah is going towards um 
the living facilities on post basically. I love that. That's so smart. Like you guys are so smart. I know so many people that are just like, I, I mean, I'm sure you've heard too, that are just like, obviously like I don't, our soldiers don't get paid enough. And a lot of people will just kind of be like, oh, well, you know, we're underpaid and like, so this is just our life. And, but you guys are really like making the best of it and you guys are being so smart and you guys have so many kids and you're still doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. You guys are just so inspirational. <laughs> so, okay. So this house, um, the new one, is there like any updates that you guys need to do or just move right in? Oh, it's turnkey. We love turnkey properties. Yeah. Although our last house, we actually redid the kitchen, which is probably something I should have mentioned is that one of the huge mistakes that we made with our last property was the realtor, um, she recommended an inspector and the inspector let a lot of things go on the inspection so that we would purchase the property. Mm. And then once we actually got into the property, we realized that there was a lot of termite damage and that the kitchen completely, the cabinets had to be gutted out. Oh so we gosh. ended up having to redo the whole kitchen. Oh my gosh. My sister and my brother-in-law just bought a house a couple months ago and, um, they could, they could join you in a conversation about an inspector. They had to replace their roof like a couple, like a month or two, like after buying it. And somehow they got out that the inspector was totally not on the hook. Like they are getting into being homeowners a really rough go <laughs> for their first go. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. But I mean, I feel like that's just part of the risk you take. I mean, you know that there is a chance that that could be the case. And again, that's like, that's why you crunch the numbers. That's why you don't go in to something that's going to put you totally in over your head. And I feel like you just kind of have to take the risk when you, when you jump into this kind of investment <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. So luckily with this new house, we really don't have to do any updates. I mean, it already has um, hardwood floors the only thing I would probably do before we leave is paint and maybe change out the uh, counters. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Yeah. I like how you're like, oh, it's turnkey, but I'm going to paint and <laughs> do the counters. And turnkey is a opinion, I think. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I love that. So do you guys know how much longer you plan to stay in Fort Hood or do you guys have any idea? Right now, I know definitely um, at least two and a half years, mm -hmm. and then we're off to either Germany or Hawaii. However, I do have a child going into high school this year. I can't believe I'm saying that. I know. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to try to stay here for four years just until she's done with high school. Yeah. You guys will get a good chunk of the house paid off in that time, and that'll be awesome. So we wanted to kind of come on here and like talk about our properties because we closed on our properties like what not even two weeks away from each other or something it was like super close together and so we're both just like yay new property mode yeah. <laughs> so with our property we just had to go the land route we had thought about buying a house and i don't know if i'm just picky <laughs> what my deal is because like kind of what you said about oh it's turnkey I just feel like nothing was turnkey <laughs> and I was just like if I'm gonna have a brand new house I'm gonna design the thing I don't know maybe I'm just a little picky but remind me when I'm like a few months into this into the building process you signed up for this Sammy this was your idea <laughs> I will <laughs> oh my gosh and I mean 
like we are going through putting in the driveway and like doing all this stuff. And we just found out the other day, our driveway, the rock alone is going to be $9,000. The driveway is 620 feet long. Oh, wow. It's nice. Oh my God. Once we got a quote on the rock, my husband said, well, that makes a lot of sense why most people live so close to the road. (laughs) It's cheaper. Yeah, we're like, oh, well, well, here we go. And we priced our metal building that we want to put on for like our storage and stuff. And that's another 15. And like, we haven't even started building. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So a turnkey house is kind of sounding nice right now. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So I want to know a little bit more about how these houses kind of like play into y'all's big picture goals. What's what your long-term goals really look like? Do you plan on having more rental properties? Like walk us through all of that. Okay. So originally um, our goal was to um, have four properties to give to our children and then one primary residence. And um, I would just say that our debt-free journey, it started off as a debt-free journey and kind of like blossomed into this financial independence journey. Mm -hmm. And because we're a military family, like my husband is basically, will basically be financially independent in about six years. So um, the property is just kind of like gravy on top of the, or icing on top of the cake, if you will. You can go with gravy, gravy, you know, (laughs) gravy story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah so um right now our goal is to have like like i said the four properties to give to the children and then maybe one primary residence mm-hmm. um because of my husband's work schedule we really don't want to do any rehabs or anything like that at this time but by the time we're done with um like paying off the second house we might be ready for some rehabs because he should be retired from the military and then we should be able to acquire properties a lot faster because we'll have two paid off properties. So that's that's pretty much the goal. The, the goal is ultimately to create um, generational wealth. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that like having the properties paid off, it will generate money for the kids to go to school. I mean, we still have the 529s, but um, we're just hoping that the money, it'll be more money generating on its own without us having to really do anything. So yeah, that's pretty much our plan. Just the properties. We do uh, invest in the stock market as well. But honestly, like, it's just not as lucrative for us as the real estate. I don't know. It's just our experience. So That's awesome. So how many more years is he away from retirement? Six years. Oh my gosh, that's so fast. Yeah, well, he'll be eligible in six years, but he's talking about maybe staying an additional two or three. So we'll we'll see how that goes. It sounds about right. Yeah. (laughs) Once you actually get to retirement age, you're like, oh, I'm not ready now. I just wanted the option to retire. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to see like what you guys do and all of that. And I love your generational gravy wealth. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, we're trying to use like a snowball method with the real estate. So the same way that we did like the debt snowball, we're going to try Mm -hmm. to like allow the properties to snowball and pay for themselves. So 
hopefully it'll go by fast. How long until your first one is paid off, do you think? Um, maybe the end of next year to like the beginning of uh, 22. Wow. That's so soon. I was expecting you to say like four or five years or something. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be like in plenty of time for your oldest to go to college and do all that. And she's going to be like living the gravy life. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. Oh my gosh. That is so amazing. So do you have any other advice when it comes to the real estate investing versus the stock market? I mean, you kind of said like it is just isn't lucrative enough. Is there any other thing to go behind that? I don't know. Um, let's see. Well, for me personally, like when the stock market crashed, I did press pause on the debt payoff for the mortgage and I did put money into the stock market, which of course you should probably know it like made money and stuff like that. So I just think that um, yeah. because investing in personal finance, because it's so personal, I think that everyone really needs to evaluate like their end goal and just like what they actually want to do. Not what like a guru is telling you to do, like just invest 15% or, you know, become 100% debt free, like actually like write down your goals, write down what matters, and then just direct all of your energy and just wealth towards that. And so if, if you're not into like dealing with like tenants and all that kind of stuff, maybe real estate might not be your jam because it is a little labor intensive at times and it's, um, it can be risky as well. It also requires a lot of capital upfront, whereas with just investing in the stock market, you can really start that right away. So it really depends on where a person is financially, what their goals are and things like that. And also, I mean, if they want to invest in real estate, but don't want to actually purchase real estate, they can also look into like maybe REITs um, and things like that and make sure that they're your goals and not someone else's. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Especially like we just, we know that everyone's goals look different. And we kind of got into that same mindset of like, well, I want to be a hundred percent debt free, but also like, I can't cash flow this $300,000 house. What do I do? And then you feel like I'll never be able to own a property if your goal is to be a hundred percent debt free. So I think a lot of, that's where a lot of people kind of start to fall off of the Dave Ramsey train of strict Dave Ramsey. It's like after they get past what, like baby step three or so, they're like, oh, actually, if I want to be independently wealthy, I'm going to have to do different. 15% is not, that's not really enough to be wealthy. You're going to be comfortable. Yeah, sure. It's going to be better than zero. But I've heard a lot of like wealth building type guru people challenge Dave Ramsey's idea on that 15% and say like, he's keeping everyone middle class by preaching that 15%, like that is just not enough. And is that kind of where you guys like came into that mindset as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, the financial independence community really opened our eyes a lot. It, mm -hmm. it just, it really changed things. I mean, Dave Ramsey, I'll always like appreciate his teachings, but after you reach that emergency fund or the fully funded emergency fund, something after that gets a little like <laughs> blurry. Like it's like, mm -hmm, yeah. this isn't really relatable. So we knew that we had to do something different and yeah. aggressively saving, not just 15%, but as much as we could. If that meant 50% or 45%, that's what we had to do. Yeah, exactly. And you've probably seen the little charts that's like 15% investing, 20%, 30, whatever it is. Um, there's a rule 
I'm missing the name of the rule. 20, 30, 50. Is that right? Something like that. Something like that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't remember. (laughs) But my, I always think like, if that's all you're doing, if you're like 15%, okay, that's enough, but you really could afford to do 20, 30, 40%, you're selling yourself short if you just stop at 15. And like for us, for the three years that we have been in this rent house, we have been able to save about 40% of our income. And I think like, what if I would have been so not brainwashed, I hate to say brainwashed, that sounds really negative. But if I would have just been not free thinking, and I would have just said, that's 15%. That's all I need to do. Okay. Let's go waste the rest of this. (laughs) All of that money I would have wasted, you know? So I think like what you were saying about, you got to think about what's your long-term goals. How can you best hit those goals? Maybe you want to retire earlier than the average person, or you want to invest in real estate and like, what do you actually want to do? Don't be just blinded by someone else's life. So you kind of touched a little bit on like the tenants and stuff. So I'm curious to know with your houses being in such different places, do you guys manage those yourself or do you go through a management company? I I self-manage. It's kind of funny because when I went back to work, I would like go to the bathroom and I would be in the bathroom stall like trying to do rental property stuff. (laughs) And it was just like, it was just too much. So I, um, I just took that on. I actually like took ownership of that and I'm just, that's, I'm a property manager. That's, I take that title seriously now. So. Yeah. Have you found it challenging to do that from far away? No. Um, like I actually use a, a home warranty. So I just kind of use that for contract work, if anything, like breaks. And then, um, ironically during COVID-19, um, I, my renters actually had a hard time paying and mm-hmm. I just felt incredibly blessed to be in a position where I wasn't worried about having to pay for that mortgage. Like we could cash flow it, but just imagining like, wow, when this house is paid off, I could actually bless them with a month or two of like free rent, you know? So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. That's amazing. Yeah. You always hear the cons are like dealing with the tenants and stuff and we have considered doing rental properties after we're all settled with our own home and all of that. And that's one of the things that scares me the most is like, I feel like I'm going to get terrible tenants. I feel like it's going to be hard to manage. And that is like, that's what a lot of people are, are scared. Yeah, of. I can imagine because it was tough picking out a tenant for sure. So you just feel like, you know, make sure you pick out a good tenant in the first place and yeah. it's not too bad. So, and then another thing is I think because of the types of properties that we pick, we pick the types of properties where the tenants want to stay for a long time. So um, they're highly desirable locations. So for example, our tenant in the house um, close to Galveston, that tenant has been there for three years, basically. And they don't plan on leaving anytime soon. And I love that. I love that. I don't have to worry about the turnover and they're happy there. And, you know, they, they really enjoy the property. So that also helps because I know they're going to pay the rent. They want to stay there. They're not going to trash the place. It's also in a location that the neighbors kind of put that pressure to make sure that the yards are looking good and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's another reason why I don't deal with uh, low income properties. Like I just, yeah, yeah. I think that's really smart. And I remember when our landlord rented the house to us, my sister was still next door to us. She's not anymore, but um, he told, he actually gave us the house $50 cheaper 
per month than he had been telling the other people because he's like, I know your sister's next door. And if your sister's here, you're going to be happy. And if you're happy, you're going to take care of the house and you're going to stay longer. And he was right. And we've been here for three years. And at first we only signed a six month lease because <laughs> I was like, I don't know if we can stay in this house that long. Um, and here we are, it's been three years. And every time he comes to get the rent, he's always like compliments our yard compliments our flowers and he's like he'll sometimes he'll step inside the house while I write a check and he's like you guys just have the house looking so nice and I'm sure he's really glad that he <laughs> talked us into <laughs> renting because we have stayed and we have we've kept the house up and you know and we actually enjoy living here so I have to remember that when we go into purchasing <laughs> rental properties happy renters will stay. Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you said about the neighborhood, like kind of putting the pressure on you. We unfortunately don't really have that in our neighborhood. We definitely have the cleanest <laughs> yard and everything, but our landlord loves us even more for that reason. <laughs> um, so yeah, like in the future, I think we would, you know, we would take that into consideration for sure. Yeah. So let's talk just a little bit as we kind of wrap up here about what it has felt like to go back into debt for these properties. And like you said, you guys were pretty hardcore Dave Ramsey people in the beginning. And obviously that's a mindset that you kind of have to like relearn. <laughs> so walk us through that a little bit. Okay. So with the house in Galveston, it was really, really hard for me to actually purchase that house because we were just getting out of debt. Like we were 100% debt free and that feels amazing. I know you can probably relate. It's mm -hmm. just a feeling yep. that you can't really explain. It's like this freedom, just this weight lifted off your shoulders. So I was actually afraid to go back into debt. And so that first property was really, really hard. The second one yeah. wasn't so bad because by then I had kind of like debriefed myself from all the Dave Ramsey, dead is bad type stuff. And um, mm -hmm. I feel like we purchased it the right way. Like we were, or we are in a better place financially even than we were with the first purchase. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, I did think about like, dang, now how long is it going to take us to pay off this one? Like, instead of like how some people are like, oh, 30 years, great. It's like me, I'm already thinking, okay, how can I get this paid off as fast as possible? Mm -hmm. So it's like, on one hand, it's like, yeah, I'm okay with taking on the debt. But on the other hand, I'm still thinking and, and planning on paying off as fast as I can. Yeah, I think that completely makes sense. I, I know exactly how you feel because we just bought our land and we had been debt-free for two, almost two and a half years. And we're signing the, the paperwork and the realtor that we bought it with was also the realtor who we sold our old house with. I was telling her at closing, I said, you know, uh, we've been debt-free since you sold our house for us. And she was like, Oh my gosh. And I said, yeah, so this is kind of a big deal. <laughs> like I'm going back into debt and like signing the paperwork. And, but honestly, now that the paperwork is signed and kind of that like first couple days of like, Oh my gosh, we're going back into debt. I feel fine. Like, I'm just like, I know it was the right decision. I, I know that we went into it being really smart. We're well under what we can actually afford. We're doing good. We're going into it really smart. I, I definitely understand how you feel. But it was a little bit of like, oh, no, I don't want to be in debt again because you get so wrapped up in debt is bad. Debt is bad. And you definitely have to kind of, I feel like it's like evolving to the next level of your understanding of money and debt and wealth and all of that. And like, okay, I can do this in a smart way 
not be reckless. It kind of reminds me of another podcast episode that you did where you talked about, like, I think your land the first time you purchased and you kind of looked at it as like a savings account. Mm -hmm. I kind of look at properties like that. Like it's still, it's just, we're just saving money for something. We could either liquidate and sell it or we could just hold on to it and let it appreciate. Yeah. And with our, um, our commercial land, that, that raw piece of land that you're talking about, it honestly, at the time, our note was like 600 something a month and it was really hard for us to make that payment. There were several months. I think there was maybe four consecutive months and then some other sporadic months that we paid it 30 days late. Like, I mean, like it dinged our credit score. It really tore up our credit score because we we really couldn't pay it. But once we sold it and we actually had made quite a bit of profit on it, it was like, wow, that actually was the best thing that we did in all of these bad years. Um, and so it turned out to be like a silver lining. But in during the time when we couldn't make a $600 payment, it didn't feel that way. <laughs> I would like to know if you could go back and give the former version of yourself some advice. What would you tell her? I would tell her be okay <laughs> um and just to whatever you're doing like be intentional about it be intentional about writing down your goals and setting your intentions for what you want in your life what do you want like the end goal what is the end goal um and then work backwards um, i would also say like don't get so caught up in one person's financial philosophy like make it your own own your journey and to invest as soon as possible <laughs> So that's what I would tell myself. Invest, invest, yes. So what can we look forward to seeing, um, you know, on your YouTube, your Instagram? I know you have been growing and changing and doing a lot of things over there. So what can we expect to see from you in the future? Well, um, because I'm kind of documenting our journey, our journey, it really started out a lot with frugal living, minimalism, simple living, but now we're kind of moving into that abundance life, like abundance mindset. And I just want to take my subscribers and viewers on that journey with us to show that like, it's okay. It's okay to spend money, like not to be, you know, overindulgent or anything like that, but you know, you still have a life to live. And um, also to just kind of show what financial independence really looks like and that journey really looks like um, from, I guess, a military standpoint. So, yeah, I can't wait to see more of your content and more of your videos. And I want you to talk more about these rental properties. I just think it's so interesting and I need some people to look up to for this <laughs> before I talk myself into it. I need some advice. So I would love for you to share more of that kind of stuff. And I am just excited to see everything that you have going on in the future. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming back on again. I will link to all the other times that we have collabed. I think we have like four links here of other times that we have collabed. So I will link to all of that. If um, those listening haven't checked those out, definitely go and check them out. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, I will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. Thanks for hanging out for another episode of a Sunny Side Up Life podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because you never know who needs to hear this message. If you haven't already, please leave a review and subscribe. Reviews and subscribers are what help the podcast grow and what help new ladies find our community. 
And again, thanks for hitting play on this episode and for investing some time in yourself today. Remember that I'm always here to support you and I'm always cheering you on along the way. Don't forget that everything that we mentioned in this episode will be linked in the show notes. All right, that's all for me this week. Bye guys.